You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. the Nursepreneur Mentor and Founder of Nursepreneurs. Nursepreneurs is a movement to inspire nurses into starting a business. Because you already have the expertise to provide the solution, our guests help fill in some of the missing pieces of this amazing journey. And today we have Barbara Glickstein with us. She is a public health nurse, health reporter, and media strategist. She uh, is the founder of Barbara Glickstein Strategies, which is a training company in media leadership and advocacy skills. Uh, she also produces Health Etc., a podcast that provides evidence-based health news analysis and commentary and trains national leaders in healthcare on how to be a media maker. Uh, Barbara, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Uh, so tell us, give us some background, uh, how you started as a nurse and how you got into to media. Yeah, it's a story that, you know, when you look back uh, at your work, you wonder, did I go off paths and then get back on paths? <laughs> and how did those paths really merge? And so I think my life is a is an example of that. I've always been interested in media. Um, I grew up in a home where reading the newspaper, um, both AM and PM dailies uh, were delivered to our home. My parents were, I come from a working class background of uh, parents who believed in civic engagement and understanding the role of the government in our daily lives. And they taught us that. So um, I've been following the news and very interested in journalism and in film and all basically all platforms of media and now of course digital media as a way of um, understanding the world and wanting to be a part of those conversations. I also always wanted to be a nurse. Um, growing up in the community and family that I did, the role models were, um, there was a nurse, a psych nurse that was my really good friend's aunt. Uh, and um, just a quick off the path, when I was in undergraduate school, uh, two professors came up to me and said, why are you going to nursing school? You should go to medical school. It was in the early 1974. Uh, and they wondered why I didn't want to go to medicine. And I was uh, took it for sisterhood that I should apply to medical school. I didn't get into medical school at that time, and I see that as a blessing, uh, not because I don't have tremendous respect for medicine, but because I really do identify more closely with um, the profession of nursing, the scholarship of nursing, and the role of nursing in the healthcare team. I, I went back to for a second degree at NYU, and while I was in nursing school in my senior leadership course before I graduated, it was a, a, before there were uh, second degree uh, structured programs, I created one and told them I'm not taking biology again. I have <laughs> biology degree. Uh, and they weren't that pleased with me, but they put up with me. Um, I've always been a little bit of a renegade. And I told my uh, professor, who was then became my mentor and now colleague and friend, Dr. Connie Vance, that I wanted to create a documentary about the role of nurses in political action. And she asked me if I ever made a documentary film before, and I said no, but I was going to do it, and I did. Uh, that got me an interview on radio of a nurse-produced program at that time, was called Every Woman's Space, and I had featured five nurse leaders uh, in New York who were 
instrumental in creating some very important political movement as well as policy. And after I was interviewed by this team of nurses, I asked if I could volunteer for the show, which I did. And ultimately, myself and Dr. Diana Mason became the senior co-producers. And we've been creating our program was called then Health Styles, and we moved it to Health Cetera when we started doing podcasting. So media is the my public health platform. I left the clinical world to move into the media world, but everything that I do is framed by being a nurse. Well, so let me ask you about the, the documentary, because that sounds um, vaguely like almost in modern day YouTube-ish type of thing. So when you did this documentary, um, was it like a long documentary? Was it difficult to get off the ground? Was it something that has roots in, well not roots in, but does it have a that corollary to YouTube, like what people are doing today on YouTube? That was the documentary, was that completely separate? Uh well, it would have been smart if I put it on YouTube. It wasn't around then. Uh, this was in 85. It might have been around then. I wasn't aware of it. it I borrowed and rented equipment. I, uh, it was mainly a talking heads, and it's sitting in a VHS tape. I did show it to uh, the School of Nursing at NYU, and the interviews are really good. Um, the camera work is just okay. And I've been, um, it's on my to-do list is to pull it out and transfer it onto a digital file and maybe put some of these interviews up because I'll just give you an example of two of the key, uh, two, three of the key nurses. Uh, two of the nurses um, were, in, were early on doing street nursing out of, the, uh, uh, out of the community health department at Roosevelt Hospital here in New York City, which is now uh, part of Mount Sinai Medical Center. And they were both psych nurses who were doing street nursing. And in the early days of recognition of the dual diagnosis, something that we know in our common language now, and they were identifying people who were living in the street and on the street as those who were um, uh, facing mental health issues that were undiagnosed and untreated. They went, uh, one of them uh, went on to become the founder of Coalition for the Homeless and very active in the work on co the Coalition for the Homeless as it relates to health. Another nurse was an emergency department nurse herself in New York City at Beth Israel Medical Center. And she herself had been living in a, um, in a home situation where she was a victim of domestic violence. And when she uh, sustained injuries that required an emergency room visit, she would get in her car and drive out of the city because she was known within the ED department circle here in New York in their ED departments. And so when, when women and you know some men came in who were themselves uh, emergency room uh, patients who were telling a different story and not identifying themselves as being victims of domestic violence, uh, she recognized them because she saw herself in them. Um, a number of years after getting out of that situation and into a safe haven, she became very active in the training of health professionals, identifying uh, people who are coming into the emergency room with a gender violence or a domestic violence situation. Those are just two of the nurses, that three of the nurses I'm, I'm telling you that I profiled. So their stories are critical. They all were influential in creating policy. And, um, for, and now that I consult to Carolyn Jones Productions and I'm a nurse advisor and strategist for that well-made documentary maker, um, 
I'm not embarrassed by that work because I, it was something that was important and I got to tell those stories, but it is on my to-do list to see if any of it is savorable and maybe I'd put that up on YouTube. Thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely need to. That sounds amazing. And then especially to get those nurses so early on in their career to see how passionate they were because, you know, a lot of what I do is helping nurses to see that um, you, we all start at ground zero or Absolutely. square one. And, you know, you're, you, you don't become the Amazon business on, on day one. It's something that you grow into. Um, so one other, yeah, one other um, just brief um, connection to that is I am now, as I mentioned, um, a friend and, and a colleague to Dr. Connie Vance. Uh, she went on to become the dean of the School of Nursing at the College of New Rochelle and an important critical thinker about mentorship and scholarship on mentorship and nursing. And she now, when she was still teaching and the dean, she would invite me to the senior leadership class to speak to the students, one, about the unusual which I don't think is so unusual, uh, nursing path that I've taken. But she introduces me as the student who came up to her to say she was going to make a documentary. And her first thought was, oh, I think I better support this, but who knows where this is going to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like one of those lofty dreams that people have, and you're like, oh, they'll never go through with it. And you did. So that's Here amazing. That's right. A media maker. Nursing yeah. maker. And I think that's important too, because I think nurses pioneer a lot of areas and to pioneer through and just say that you're going to go make a documentary, uh, you know, that might cross people's mind, but to actually do it is really fascinating. I recently met a nurse at Downstate um, School of Nursing who's doing performance art and theater and is graduating this next month and is incorporating the role of nursing and nurses in theater production and performance art. I told her I wanted to come and study with her because I'm a very frustrated performance artist myself. <laughs> and I feel like you have to do a lot of performance on the, on the media. <laughs> Is that Absolutely. true? Or? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this, uh, because there's not, you know, you don't really think of a nurse that represents us in media, like you have, they have Dr. Oz for medicine or, you know, the other docs that, that are out there, but there's no real like nurse that I could identify other than like Florence Nightingale. Like wh what is it about nurses and media that, that doesn't seem to, to mix and what's, what's going on with that? Well, I think a big part of my work over the last 35 to 40 years since I've become a nurse is to elevate that invisibility and make it visible. Uh, we're, we tend to be incredible storytellers and we collect many, many stories. Of course, retelling those stories sensitive to privacy and HIPAA uh, regulations. However, we can still do that and also connect those stories to our scholarship and our research and our clinical expertise, our policy expertise, our economics, health economics expertise. And I believe that, uh, there, that this is a good time for the elevation of nurses, whether they're uh, creating their own podcasts, which there are a growing number of them, or their own blogs and their own cable television shows. There are some of them. And whether or not we'll start to see ourselves properly portrayed on a commercial television, which we all know um, have us in the background, uh, often don't... Uh, elevate the role that we play, whether it's in the emergency department or taking care of a cardiac patient post-op. So from a clinical perspective, in the, in the mainstream media, we're still poorly and misrepresented. 
Um, I think the role of documentary now, both we did see, um, for those of you not familiar, please check out Carolyn Jones Productions, first starting with The American Nurse, then Defining Hope. She has a new film coming out in May uh, called In Case of Emergency that addresses uh, the through the lens of an emergency department nurse what the current top issues are that are seen in the emergency department. And I'm not giving anything away that those of you who are listening would know about, which is gun violence, mental health issues, and the opioid epidemic. And through the lens of nursing, we see and hear those stories and have a better understanding of what these social, critical social and health issues are facing our nation. Um, my feeling is that nurses often connect the dots and live on the edge. And for reporters to know their stories and use them as expert sources, we know that their story frame changes and becomes deeper and more public accessible. I think we're going to start seeing more nurses uh, in roles of uh, media, both as anchors on news programs. I recently I talked to somebody at the Nurse Hackathon, where you and I met uh, last couple of weekends ago, who really would is really admires the the anchor on her local um, affiliate of uh, television for her health reporting, and I'm encouraging her and following up with her to be in touch with her. Maybe you can be an advisor and help her search out stories, and maybe you too can be an anchor on news TV. Um, I think when we see ourselves and other people see us, it's the only way that the public will better understand what it is that we do. Across community-based care, again, elected officials, we know Representative Underwood um, is a nurse. She's the first youngest uh, African-American woman in Congress. She's very public about her nursing background and her the way nursing has informed her as an elected official. And I think we will begin to see more and more of that. Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, here in Philadelphia, I don't know if she's from Philadelphia, we do have Allie Gorman. She's our uh, medical health reporter on ABC News. And, uh, you know, when I spoke to her about this kind of issue, she said that she actively looks for nurses, but when it's, you know, can I quote you on that, they are hesitant. So there seems to be some kind of fear around just giving our opinion on matters. Um, do you find that? I do. And um, I've been doing media training both nationally and globally for nurses for the last 12 years. Um, they're not all of them, but some of them are very hesitant to say they're an expert. So we practice that word in the media training. I actually ask them all to say I am an expert. If you have X number of years, a DNP, a PhD, an ECD, uh, an RN, a BSN, you have an expertise and you're here to help learn and build confidence, uh, to learn framing and messaging. And if you're being interviewed about a very controversial issue out of the organization or institution that you're employed uh, by, I understand the hesitancy. And most journalists and reporters will um, speak to you and tell you that this needs to either be on the record or some of your quotes might be off the record. Uh, nothing is off the record unless it's stated. So for those of you who are listening, you need to be very clear about providing quotes. Um, if you're representing your institution, you need to get permission from your institution. If you're speaking as an independent citizen and a licensed professional, that's really up to you whether you wish to be quoted. Um, I do believe that with 
some training, some confidence, some practice, most nurses would be and can and are excellent expert sources for the media. And what do they uh, consult on? What do they tell the media? What would the media look for, for uh, from nurses? I think across the board, media can talk to nurses about anything. I'll tell you on the Woodhull study, which I was a co-investigator with that was published. It was the Woodhull study revisited in 2017, 20 years after the original Woodhull study that was a Woodhull study on nurses and the media um, healthcare's invisible partner. And um, for those of you interested in the study, the study is published in the Sigma Theta Tau uh, Research Journal and the phase two, which was our interviewing health reporters is published in uh, the American Journal of Nursing and you can just uh, Google Woodhull study. And both of those studies, we found nurses over 20 years later, nothing had changed. Nurses remain invisible. And in our interviewing our uh, journalists, um, we did qualitative study. We interviewed uh, journalists across the United States and we asked them, do you use nurses as sources or don't you? If you do, how did it uh, influence the story? And if you don't, why not? And some of the findings were quite interesting and disturbing at the same time. What we found is that journalists told us they didn't know what nurses did. They didn't understand a lot of what the educational um, uh, degrees meant what's in some instances 13 letters after a nurse's name meant they weren't able to find us and they also weren't sure how to use us in stories and um, just briefly i'll share two one journalist who covers finance and health said that he wasn't sure what nurses could inform him about when reporting on health finances and of course we were doing a study so we didn't answer him uh, during the study taping but when that was over, we said, are you aware that chief nursing offices of major medical centers or any medical center has the largest budget of the hospital? So why wouldn't you assume that she understood health finance and health economics? And he said, wow, I guess I hadn't thought about that. Another journalist told us, and this addresses the sexism and power hierarchy in, in, in healthcare and medicine, that uh, she covered cardiac care a very deep in a very um, a very investigative way and when a new study came out she would call the clinical nurse specialist in a cardiac intervention major medical center here in new york city to help her understand the latest study she would do that walk the entire study through with her help her really understand the nuance of it but she wasn't allowed to be quoted because the chief physician of that department did not let her get quoted. So she would get all her information and clarification and understanding and then call the chief of the department for a quote. Now, how do I feel about that nurse doing that is not really up to me. Uh, clearly she's making that decision. What do I wish? I wish she was allowed to be quoted in that source. Other journalists who use nurses as sources reported back, the story was always better the framing of it was broader, and they recognized that for the public to better understand an issue, often talking to a nurse made it a more relevant story. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs>
You're not going to disagree with me. <laughs> no, but you know, you're making me really annoyed with that, uh, that one, that last story. <laughs> I yeah. felt the same way. Yeah. I, again, um, it reminds me of, uh, there are times where I've referred a reporter. I'm a member of the Association for Healthcare Journalists, which has about a thousand health reporter members. I go to the annual conference every year. This past year, I had a panel on diversifying sources in news health stories. So I represent nursing, but I also can say the same thing is true about occupational therapy, physical therapy, psychology, social workers. We are the missing people in a lot of health news stories. And um, often it's the same rock star medical doctors, often white men who are interviewed. Well, diversifying sources in health news is necessary for the democratization of health reporting. And when we know that, more representation is applied across the board in, in news, we have what we call a more diversified news story. And I think that's critical to our democracy. So we, um, we have, I, have, I get phone calls back from reporters who tell me, I've sent an email and I can't, no one's returned a call or returned uh, an email to me and I'm on deadline. So part of my media training, I always encourage a nurse to immediately get back to a reporter, ask them if they're on deadline. If they're not, you'll know what your window of time is. We're all busy. And if you can't do it, to have in your pocket two other nurse colleagues who are experts in this area who you can share with that journalist. When you don't get back to a reporter, basically, maybe one more time they'll try and reach you, but too often they'll just never call you back. Mm -hmm. So what, what is the answer? Like, how do we become more visible and more accessible to journalists? Well, um, there, are, there are multiple threads working uh, with the team of people who are very critically interested in this, including my colleague, Dr. Diana Mason and Dr. Carol Myers, who's at the University of Knoxville in Tennessee. We're working with professional nursing organizations to see what are their best strategies for advancing their members uh, to be available and readily available and quickly available as nurse experts. We're planning on working with marketing departments at universities and major medical centers because we understand from our study that even when journalists call them, they're referred to a physician immediately, and that includes even at universities that have major schools of nursing. We plan on working with deans of schools of nursing to find out how are they bringing their best um, faculty and doctoral students and master prepared or DNP students to the marketing and media departments at their universities? Are they media competent? Do they know how to run an interview? Do they know how to frame a message and get key messaging? Um, we believe that it's teachable and it should be incorporated into curriculum. And then of course, we are working with the journalist teams um, and my, um, my dream is to create a database of nurses who are interested in being considered uh, readily available for the media on their areas of expertise and to be part of Speakers Bureau. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, and I can just say from experience, because media was one of those things that just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> you know, and here like, you are <laughs> producing a podcast. Yeah, and it was funny because I, you know, you talk about Dr. Diana Mason. I, she was one of my first podcast interviews, and uh, you know, I was really nervous about it and stuff. And and uh, she told me that she had started this radio show, and I and I said, well, how did you do that? And she's just like, I went down to the radio and I started one, and I was like, 
no, but there's got to be more to it. Like, did you go get a degree <laughs> in radio hosting or something? You know, like, the, <laughs> do you have certification in radio? You know, all this stuff. And it was just that when I was talking to her, it just, I was like, oh, and actually this podcast hadn't existed at the time. I was just interviewing people. And then I was like, well, okay. You know, so you, you make the choice that you want to be seen, that you want to be heard. And, you know, just like you with your documentary, maybe you don't know how to do it uh, when you're first starting out, but you, you figure it out. <laughs> That's right. And, 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 and there are many, many ways now that you can access training. Um, yeah, Diana makes it easy. Um, she's, first of all, an incredible leader, mm -hmm. an incredible communicator and compassionate. So um, she's been a mentor and a colleague and friend of mine for a very long time. And we have been very committed to using platforms that we created to elevate the voice of nursing. Yeah, and I, I really think it's just giving yourself permission to go ahead and do it, to have to, like you say, practice saying out loud, I am an expert because that's something that I deal with with my nurses all the time is um, you have this massive expert, like actually you have too much expertise and we need to kind of bring it back to like one thing that you really want to focus on and be known for and then put yourself out there for. Absolutely. You know, the, there are times that I'm on the other side of the mic I'm, and I'm interviewed. There are topics that I've been asked to be interviewed about and I would never over shoot what I don't know. But for example, Entertainment Weekly um, called me a number of years back about um, gender violence. And I'm not an expert in gender violence, but I certainly can speak to it as a nurse, as a feminist, as a mother, um, you know, as a woman. And uh, the interview went really well. And I introduced myself as a public health nurse and someone really concerned in this. So, you know, people were like, you were interviewed in Entertainment Weekly. Don't, aren't you concerned about that image? And I said, look, if People Magazine or the National Enquirer wanted to interview me, I would jump on it. Yeah. Because it's so widely read. And for nurses to be accessible to the public, um, you know, Teen Vogue is doing amazing reporting right now. Cosmopolitan, Vogue, Vanity Fair. Don't turn away from those interviews. We don't have to only be in peer-reviewed journals. For the public to have our expertise, for them to be able to see us in this light, um, in whatever venue we can be interviewed on, of course, choose um, what's comfortable for you. Um, I've been on some very hostile radio interviews with known hostile uh, hosts. And I learned something from uh, someone early in my media training days. Uh, she is a practicing Buddhist and uh, was a, a democratic, uh, uh, she works for the Democratic Party and was on uh, Fox News a lot. And when they go loud, she goes really quiet. And she does this Zen thing because she's a Buddhist. And so I've learned that from her. When people are yelling at you on the media, just talk very slow and very quietly, and it really unsettles them. <laughs> yeah, I can attest to that from my neurosurgery days. I had one resident, when he got really, really angry, he would get really soft, and it scared the crap out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad tactic. It's a it's very a good, good tactic. tactic. Yes. Um, all right. So, uh, Barbara, I don't, you know, we're kind of coming to the end here, but I, I know you have programs to help nurses to um, get into the media. Can you tell us about that and how people can get involved in it? Absolutely. 
I have a site. It's barbaraglickstein.com. That's B-A-R-B-A-R-A-G-L-I-C-K-S-T-E-I-N.com. Uh, if you sign up uh, for my web on my webpage, I will send you notice of media training that are, there are two trainings coming in the spring. And I'm also available to be hired by professional organizations and schools. And I do individual consultation as well. That sounds great. And I'll have all of that in the show notes so people can look you up. And these workshops that are kind of ongoing or, you know, the... Yes, they they will be ongoing uh, starting in the spring in 2020. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having this conversation with me today.